Hey, just wanted to take a moment to thank all of you for listening to us throughout the season. We really do appreciate the support. And if you love high school football as much as we do, we hope you'll keep supporting this podcast and the Midstate Preps Plus website at midstatepreps.com. Follow us on Twitter at 615 underscore preps, also 615 preps on Instagram, and like our Facebook page as well. And if you're listening on iTunes, make sure to subscribe and rate the podcast because that's how we can get out to more people. We can't do it without your support, so we would really appreciate all the feedback and all the love that you've been giving us these first 10 weeks. So again, thank you, and we hope you enjoy the two episodes we've got coming to you this week. Enjoy. I'm Reggie Grimes with Ravenwood Raptors, and you're listening to the 615 Preps Podcast. Pleasant welcome to you wherever you may be. This is the 615 Preps Podcast heading into week number nine. My name is Chris Brooks. As usual, I've got Scott Burton and Christian Capozzi next to me. Guys, you know what to do. What's up? How you doing? Good to see you again. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you can't see us, good to see you. It's probably a good thing they can't see us. Hey, or at least me. At least I'm dry now. This is true. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, it, it's three days after the after Friday, and we're just now drying out from Friday night's rain. I hope you guys are too. Um, still some good games despite the short schedule, and we'll get to some of them in a minute. Um, doing it a little bit differently this week. This is the first of two episodes you will hear this week. The first one, we'll talk a little bit about last week's games, name a player of the week, and tell you where we're going to be on Friday. And then the next second episode, which will drop on Thursday morning, we'll have a little bit more of our discussion and our picks for this week. So without further ado, let's uh, – Scott, do you want to say something? <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, those of you who understand Back to the Future, the first episode is the DeLorean, and the second episode is the train that Doc Brown had. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Ask your parents. Yeah, Ask your parents. Yeah. I've, heard the, I've heard of the movie. I haven't, okay. seen it. I haven't seen it. Bless your heart. We're going to make that require viewing for you. Yes. You I have homework now. Add it to the list. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Add it to hey, the list. you're on fall break. You get something to watch. That's yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So without further ado, we are going to jump in. Starting with our game of the week last week, it was FRA beating BGA 16 to 14. It was one of those games that was played in a monsoon. I was over there at BGA, which is a great facility, by the way. Uh, and kudos to them for the hospitality. Despite all the nasty weather, it was an enjoyable experience as much as it could be with the rain. But uh, BGA um, had a chance to take control of second place in that region if they had won this game, but they couldn't quite pull it off. It's unfortunate for BGA because right when you get symptom felter back, it's just really bad conditions to throw the ball yep. in. It's just you're so excited to get him back, and then hello, you're throwing through a, a monsoon. And it was yeah. a double whammy because not only were the conditions bad, but FRA's pass rush got home time after time after time. They didn't quite sack him a ton, but they hurried him up a lot. Yeah, you know, not to take anything away from FRA at all. Both teams had to play in this, but I would have really liked to see because we discussed this. If the conditions were dry. We were thought we were going to see a really nice aerial game, yep. and and it turned the weather just turned the game on its head. Yeah, and then you know the the struggles right now for BJ it's still the offense even though that passing game couldn't get going. First four weeks of the year they're averaging almost forty points a game. Their three losses this year, right around thirteen points a game. 
that offense has just not seemed to click when it has to. And unfortunately for them, it's coming big time region games. Well, I mean, just to, I mean, even FRA had trouble. I think after the initial 53 yard touchdown that Casey had, they only had what, like, six yards passing after that right yeah they didn't throw the ball a lot but a lot of that was also game planning because of the weather and dictating you know time and score in the second half you know they had the ball at the end of the first half drove down got into field goal range as time expired knocked home a 42 yarder in some pretty nasty conditions with the wind and the rain then they get the ball to start the second half and proceed to hold it for nearly 11 minutes oh when you have a back like virtue it's you know you, you definitely want to ride him as, as much they as you did. can. And that's just all a game plan, especially against BGA and the way that they've been on offense with Symptom Felter. What they did with Vercher, 16 carries, 126 yards, yep. a, a, and a score, and eat some clock, you're getting some yep. first downs, and it keeps the ball out of his hands. Now, there was an issue with the clock at the end, Chris. Is this correct? There was a little bit. Uh, it, was, it was thought that one of the FRA players called timeout before the play clock ran all the way down. The officials met. They talked about it. They kind of stopped the game for a few minutes. They got it figured out where the play clock and the game clock were synced correctly, and they didn't charge the timeout to FRA, which would have been ugly because they would have had to punt with 40 seconds left to BGA. It was on fourth down. But Mm -hmm. uh, they got it figured out, and and BGA didn't really have another chance to to get it back. Uh, Special teams got them another chance, and they blocked the punt, and on the very next play – Septim Helter throws a touchdown pass to pull to two points, but that's it. But th- that drive in the third quarter, 80 yards in, I think maybe 20 plays, and in nearly 11 minutes, that was that was a deciding drive in that game, and it was all runs, no passes in that drive. Wow, and that's what you got to do against these teams. If if you feel that you can't stop some of the aerial attacks, a ground game still is very productive. Even though mm-hmm. everybody thinks about spread teams, if you can go down and, and just run it down the, the teeth of the defense, like FRA did on that drive, just keep going and going and going. It just it's a backbreaker almost. Yeah, we didn't uh, need Sean Casey didn't need to throw it a lot, but we're going to hear from him anyway right now. What was at stake in the possible playoff, playoff game? What's this, what tonight mean to you? Uh, tonight meant a lot to the guys for sure. Yeah. We knew, we knew coming in we had a chance for sure. We expected to win. We came out on top. So I got love my teammates, man. How they fought to the end. How big was the drive at the end of the first half to get the field goal, knowing that you guys were getting the ball to start the second half? Uh, it was big. It felt good. Watching Jeff swing three yards somehow for that first down was unbelievable. Yeah, that was huge for us. Come out in the second half and you put together just a grinder of a drive, nearly 11 minutes, and you eat up a bunch of clock and you score on it. How important was that to this whole game? Uh, we talked about it at halftime. We were going to run straight downhill on them coming back out, eat up the clock pretty much, and we were going to punch one in. And That would be that would be tough for them to come back from. A lot of people talking about the quarterbacks in this game, both on your side and the other side, but uh, your defensive line really got after Nick Simpson helper. Those big boys played unbelievable. I love those dudes. Uh, you're second in the region. you got a chance at a home playoff game, and you have a chance at a region title. How important are these next couple of weeks going to be for you to get ready for the postseason? Uh, they're huge, but... We're going to put one together. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge win for FRA against a BGA team that things have been shaky ever since Simpton Felter has exited or gone out of the lineup. And getting him back's nice. BGA's got to get back together. They're just not the same. Yeah. Well, I mean, FRA is it, really, we haven't talked about them enough. I mean, other than a, a bad week three game at Lipscomb, this is really the only blight on their record. Uh, this is a good team. Well, 
Let's uh, let's keep it in Division Two, Scott. This was one that you were at Friday night uh, at uh, NBA hosting Brentwood Academy. NBA pulls away fifteen to seven. Yeah, I mean, really, this is a, a great facility. You know, you talked about BJ, but this was my first trip to NBA. It is gorgeous. I've Absolutely. seen what they're doing too, like the the new stuff that they're putting in there. Oh, the construction zone and all. Yeah, I I don't know where they're going with that, but they're going. It's going to be big. Have, have you seen the video of kind of like the the tight, like what's going to be in there? No, unbelievable. What, what's going? Yeah. It's like six different basketball courts and a new gymnasium, the new football stadium. I mean, it's it's crazy. <laughs> and trust me, I was looking for any of any and all available shelter <laughs> there was none to be had because that football field just wide the open construction sites yeah. right now well let me tell you the bravest people by far were the shirtless wonders that were the nba student section but both teams came out fired up and it, you know it started out with a uh, pretty solid drizzle uh and and then it just gave way to a, a rain driving rainstorm that kind of soaked everything i got a call from uh franklin saying that there was a there it should end anytime it just got worse. But really, yeah, Brentwood started out t- uh, really doing well. They asserted themselves early. Um, they get a they force a bad punt snap, get the ball in the NBA 39. Two plays later, uh, the, uh, Jordan James uh, puts them up with a 30-yard run. And after that, it was just really just kind of movement back and forth and back and forth. And finally, uh, just before half, NBA got the ball and actually was able to move it. They threw a couple of short passes, uh, and and they they changed their passing game because they were still trying to pass uh, and and still trying to run and and establish any kind of offense they could just to move the chains. They got their short passing game going, and they managed to get the ball uh, and in the end zone just before half. Uh, Marcel Reed on a jump pass of sorts. Hits Zach Herbstreet over the middle in the end zone. They miss the extra point. Uh, again, that win's coming in sideways. I don't know how many umbrellas I saw inside out. And uh, so, 7-6 at the half. Um, late in the third, uh, they, had a, they, they drove down again, and Reed got another score. After halftime, NBA came out and just absolutely shut down as much as possible. You know, they pretty much shut down uh, Brentwood Academy. They're just both teams really couldn't move the ball. They get a drive, get going. Reed scores. They go for the uh, go for two. Don't get it. It's twelve seven. Uh, you know. Then late uh, late in the fourth, uh, they get a field goal from Andrew Bulgarino, that puts them up one score, thirty two yarder. And, again, you know, Brentwood Academy's not out of the game at any point here. And then, uh, so, Brentwood starts moving the ball, but they throw a pass over the middle. It gets tipped, intercepted, run back, and then NBA runs the clock out. I didn't give this NBA defense enough credit. This defense is legit. They kept BA to 108 total yards. They're surrendering 12 points per game. I know this offense for NBA doesn't look real, you know, razzle dazzle, do a lot of crazy stuff. Part of that, you got a freshman quarterback, which he keeps proving himself four and zero as a starter. But with that defense, as long as, as the offense doesn't make a, a huge mistake, I mean, NBA's that that defense travels. Yeah, I mean, 
it really was a, a really tough defensive game. But once NBA got on the board, I, I think that's really what set them in motion. We interviewed uh, Zach Herbstreet, who had that first score. Big win for you guys tonight. This is a tough team that you're playing. No score was bigger than the first one, and you, yeah. you got that. Yes, sir. Walk me through that. Uh, well, we got to all week in practice, and uh, I just knew it was going to come up eventually. And we came up, and I uh, just had to yes, execute. And uh, the O-line just really got it done, and Marcel Reed's throw was right, right in the money. Yeah, it, it, uh, jump pass, and yeah. it was just right there, yes, sir. up where you could get it. Yeah. Um, you know, it was really tight there at half. You know, you went in down a point. What did your coach say at halftime to get you guys ready to come out second half? Really just didn't have to do anything different. Just coming off the ball, just hitting, being physical. How rough was the weather out there? It was a little rough. I dropped one over there and slipped on my hands, but, uh, you know. There was the a lot of that going on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> awesome. Um, you know, you guys come back, uh, and then you have a chance to put away and get the turnover. I mean, what did that do for you guys there at the end? Honestly, that first, last first down, I mean, we were just we were just really blocking our butts off there, and uh, I honestly, like, tears almost came to my eyes there, and we were just fighting all all night. Well, it's you, just, yeah. well you can tell that meant a lot to you. Yes, this sir. game meant a lot to you. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, um, I'm not gonna. I know you're wet. I know you're tired. I'm gonna let you go. Yeah, this is a. Even though I picked Brentwood Academy, I think this this win probably says more about NBA. Brentwood's got it. Brentwood Academy's got to get back to what they've been doing. You know, first time since 2014, they've lost three games in a year. Yeah. And they're they're in a little bit of jeopardy getting to the end of October. They got they've got a, some must win games now. All of a sudden, that's hard to believe that we're saying that about Brentwood Academy. Yeah, this is the first time that this is a non-region game too. But both these teams finished are five and three after this result. But, you know, NBA's in much better shape than Brentwood Academy. They're already in the postseason. Brentwood Academy in serious danger of not making it if they don't put together a couple more wins. Yeah, NBA, uh, they, they stepped up. They were really, really fired up after the game. Uh, Brentwood, they're just going to have to – they're going to have to find a way. Right. Let's move on to one of the Thursday night games that we had, Page over Centennial, 28-14. to 14, and, and, and this one – Christian was more about uh, is more about Page than it was anything else. Yeah, that was a uh, really cool place. First time I've been to Page for a football yeah, game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've been there for basketball. First time for football. Really cool atmosphere, especially for it being a fall break, which mm-hmm. I didn't realize Williamson County only had a two-day fall break. Yeah, the kids are kind of getting a little bit shafted right there, I think. <laughs> they are, but kudos to both sides. Really good yeah. showing yes, from both absolutely. student bodies being absolutely. there. And, you know, with a four-day well, fall break, there would be other places to go. But let me just say one thing, and I'm going to pat you guys on the back. The Listen, folks, if you're not following us on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, these guys out there had some great shots and great video of the game for you guys to see. And you guys did a wonderful job. That I could tell that was a very nice facility, a very fine facility, and you guys pushed – you guys showcased it. Even the facility, I'm t- the atmosphere. I got there. There was tailgates going out in the parking lot. Yeah. The food, food trucks, really cool. And it was really interesting. This this dynamic between the five A six A in Williamson County, 
It's a thing, all of a sudden. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the 5A teams are winning these games. Right. And the whole athletic complex is actually really nice. You get the softball field, soccer field, baseball field, kind of wrapping around to the football field. and It's all really, really well done. And I know we got to get to the game, but i got to bring this up first. The concession stand. Uh-oh. Yep. Unbelievable. Yes. Food trucks and concession stands? <laughs> they have yeah. one, of, one of everything. Oh, my gosh. Burgers, pretzels, fried Oreos, you name it, they had it. It was – I'd never seen an in-depth – concession stand at a high school like they had anyways on to the football i was gonna say Paige better get a home game because i want to i want to cover that one <laughs> they're on track to do so scott yes, so uh, yes they are but i tell you what Paige, it, it's a it's a duo in the backfield between cade walker and bubba johnson and bubba johnson is almost the perfect name for this guy because he is a three yards in a cloud of dust kind of guy you hand it to him if, if it's a 12 play drive he probably gets it 11 times that offense just continues to turn and turn. And Paige really had their the hold of this game from the first half. They had 168 right. yards in the first half, all on the ground, 168 rushing yards, I should say. They were up 21-0, to zero, even had a kick block going into the half. It was no problem. The only thing I didn't realize was Centennial, they had a, the back they brought out in the second half, Alex Steele, really big dude, Ward number 21. On the ra- roster, he's listed as a tight end. They gave him the ball, and nobody could really stop him. No, oh, wow. no, up the middle, up the middle. It just Centennial found offense, but I think they found it a little too late. Yo, yeah, they. Were, I, I was wondering, I don't know what it was, if it was a, a halftime adjustment, but whatever they did with Alex Steele in the, back, uh, in the backfield, he was very productive. And that's the one question I had. I don't know if maybe Paige kind of, you know, took their foot off the gas a little bit in the second half or what. Uh, there was opportunities for Centennial in that second half. Uh they had they had a quarterback at Marcel, had some opportunities down the field, probably a couple balls that should have been caught. Um, it was a really tight game in that, but that first half the pages really took a took a hold of it. Well, anytime yeah. you have a Bubba in the backfield, you give him the ball. Yeah, and Cade Walker actually outgained Bubba Johnson one hundred two to eighty four, but Bubba was the one that was doing all the dirty work. <laughs> oh yeah, and Walker is a really interesting guy in the backfield. He was all over the place. It was hard to tackle him. I mean, it was – they weren't really dynamic in the air, I wouldn't say, but just the, the difference on the ground. You've got a, a guy in Bubba Johnson that's just going to lower his head and run into you, but then you've got a shifty guy like Cade Walker that just is hard to bring down. Yeah, we caught up with, with uh, Cade Walker after this one, and uh, here's what he had to say about it. With Cade Walker here, Page quarterback, following a 28-14 win over Centennial. Just ask Bubba this: getting a win over Centennial might not be in the same region, but across town, same county. How good does that feel to get a win over a, a team in a higher classification? Oh yeah, it feels really good. Just because we've never played them, but we've always like those are the dudes we went to middle school with. Like we talk to them, hang out with them all the time. We've just there's always been trash talk. Like who would win if we played? So we've been looking at this game for a long time now. As soon as we found out, we scheduled them. It feels good to come out on top. How big was it to, to get a score on that opening drive? You guys marched down, get a couple big third down conversions. That built a little momentum for your team? It feels really good, especially when we get on the board first because we got a lot of trust in our defense. And as you can see, they held them to a goose egg in the first half, which is huge when you're trying to come out with a quick start and get momentum. So we know if we get up quick and put points on them, our defense does their job on the end. How big of a role does, does Bubba play in, in this offense? Just keeping the chains moving, that clock moving. That first ca- quarter went by quick, and you guys already had that lead and kept it the rest of the night. Oh, he's huge just because, I mean, he's a, 
big dude to bring down. So, I mean, you kind of got a game plan for him as a defense to put guys in the box, and that helps me with reads and getting the ball downfield because it makes my job easier when they're stacking the box to stop him. So it's just the balance keeps it going. Columbia Central up next, and another big region matchup. You've got three to close out the year. You've got to go to their place. That's, that's a tough matchup coming up for you guys. Yeah, last year, I mean, we went in there last year, and they, they're really athletic. And they gave us a little bit of trouble last year, so we know not to take any of these games lightly, and they're going to be big on the road. We'll close out with this. What's going on with the belt you're wearing here? Oh, so we started this, I think, three years ago. And Coach has two belts, and pretty much who he gives them away to two guys he felt played really hard or did something special to sway the game to their side. So it's it's a big thing around here. And nice to get a win on, uh, on fall break. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it feels really good. Thanks for the time, and good luck the rest of the year. Thank you. That's a great win for Paige for momentum, not only just because they're now six and one, but uh, getting into this final stretch where they've got to keep the keep things rolling to win the region and get home playoff games. It's a big win for them. Yeah, and the one I brought up at the end uh, where they've got to go on the road to Columbia. That's a that's a tricky Columbia team. That's one team I've seen this year, uh, and they've got a, a back in the backfield as well with Christian Biggers. That's a it's a big win. But now they got to go on the road and get an even bigger region win next week. Yeah, it's one of the games we'll pick too later on uh, in the next episode. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, one more to talk about: Ravenwood twenty-four, CPA seven. Scott, this Thursday night special is all yours. Yeah, it's a great venue. I, uh, and the people there were just wonderful, uh, very helpful, uh, very very proud of their team. So uh, going in, you know, it was a great night for football and. The, the, the fellowship and the social atmosphere, it was just inspiring. Uh, it definitely inspired CPA because if they were the underdog, nobody told them. Uh, they came out, they harassed Garcia early, uh, good coverage, sure tackling. This is a well-coached Lion team, and they really did a good job. You know, it, you know they started out the scoring. There was a great pass, 69 yards from Cade Law to Maverick Rodriguez, and you could tell it absolutely stunned Ravenwood. Those guys, uh, you know, they say everybody has a, well, was it Mike Tyson said everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth? I think that was particularly the case because I, I, I don't think that necessarily that Ravenwood underestimated them, but they didn't, I don't think they were expecting quite the struggles that they had early uh, on the offense. Now, uh, we talked to Reggie Grimes, and he talked about the, the slow start that they had. I'm here with Reggie Grimes after uh, Ravenwood's 24-7 win over CPA. Uh, Reggie, a, a, a tough first half there for you guys, tied up. Would you guys make any adjustments at halftime? Uh, you know, I mean, um, we didn't come out here ready to play. That's all that we boiled down to. You know, uh, we let guys run by us on that. We let a guy run by us on that touchdown. Um, offense, we weren't, we weren't really doing much. So I mean, um, the only message was at halftime was just focus up. You know, focus up, uh, play our rules, do what we do. And uh, we came out second half, and that's what we did. Yeah, it looked like you got a lot more pressure on the quarterback in the second half. Uh, kind of shut down their run game. Yeah, um, you know, at the, first, the whole first half, I was just being doubled. You know, and I was in, I was in the four eye technique. I was in the four eye tech. So I mean, uh, there wasn't much I could do. Um, I mean, besides, you know, trying to beat the double team. But uh, again, during the halftime, we came out. Uh, they ran a lot of stuff to where that, that, that would just put me in a one-on-one situation. And one-on-one situation, I, I usually win those. So I felt, I felt real comfortable after that. So um, 
you know, uh, rules one-on-one, and usually I got home. Good deal. The, you know, after the, the big play that puts you guys up 14-7, uh, to 7, again, you really seem to take charge on your sideline. They looked like they were running away from you pretty much. Uh, I don't know whether that was planned or not from them, but uh, I, how do you deal with that, with the double teams and the and the uh, how do you stop getting from getting frustrated when you have those type of situations come up? You know, it's just like what my dad always says: control what you can control. I'm being double team, I can't control that. You know, that, that's what they do. I can't control that. So uh, control what I can control, and then stay focused when it comes time. When it comes time to when it comes time to eat, stay focused. And uh, that's all I did. So um, again, got got into a lot of situations where I was one on one. Uh, if they run away from me, that's on them. You know, they're, they're still they're still flushing them to the other number one in the state for 2021, Junior Colson right there. Or we're flushing them to our backers or our other D linemen, all of which are D1 guys. So, I mean, it is what it is. Right. Well, very good. Well, I appreciate you. I was in the dirt with him. <laughs> <laughs> he he was he was very tired after the game. I would think it's as good as a player he is. I would, I would think so, man. Well, really good interview from yeah, Grimes. It was. He seemed like a great dude to talk to. Sure. Oh, he he really was. You know, he he said that you know they we talked about they finally got things going. They did. Uh, Garcia finally got going. And I tell you what, he found a receiver. I know we talked about Andrew Mason. We've talked about him before, but Ross Johnston, sure-handed fellow here. He had a seven-yard catch, uh, tied the game. So. That was right before the half, so they go into the half with a little bit of momentum, seven-seven, uh, you know, and then they stifled the uh, they stifled the uh, CPA uh, offense. They come out, they get another touchdown pass. This one's a little bit longer, uh, but they, well, let me back up. They they came out at halftime, really wanting to push the pass, and. They actually got a 75-yard score from Mason. They got called back uh, for uh, an eligible man downfield. But a couple plays later, they got a 45-yarder again to Johnston. Um, and then they added a nice 45-yard field goal. Couldn't have gotten any prettier for, from Akers. Uh, they tacked on a late score, 38 seconds left, a little uh, swing pass out of the backfield, Garcia to uh, Rice uh, to push it 24-7. But the game was much, much closer than uh, th- than the score indicated. It was Ravenwood actually, they were actually in a in a dogfight this game. It's interesting about CPA. 0-6 now non-region games. But you look at their opponents, their opponents were combined 34-9. Mm-hmm. And so I think we look at their region and say, I, I think the, the, that schedule that they've built – it's it's kind of it's it's paid off because they're playing really well in region, but then I kind of think well sooner or later like if you're gonna be that good team you gotta win one of those and I I don't want to make any I don't want to make any excuses for CPA but you think sooner or later if you're gonna be the team everybody says oh they're the best two win team around I think sooner or later you gotta win one of these big games. Well, I don't think anything that they've done at all is without design. This team is built for a long run. They're looking for a long playoff run. And the teams they're going to face in the playoffs are going to be this good. So, yeah, I would expect that they'd want to come out ahead in one of these. But they are playing so far such a a tough schedule with a design on the postseason 
They're really, really well coached. I would not want to play this team when it comes to postseason. They've got the FRA at the end of the year, too, for that region title, which is going to be a precursor to a playoff run. And I think that is going to be one heck of a game. Ravenwood also has – they get some good news. They get Matt Daniels back off his suspension this Mm -hmm. week, and they will not be away from home again until the playoffs. They have three – their final three games are at home. Right. And well, I guess once you get to the playoffs, I know that they're not really in line to win that region. They'll they'll be at home for a game or two in the playoffs, yeah. I would think. Yeah, they haven't yeah. had a home game in over a month. But they they're gonna have to they're gonna have to learn how to, to deal with frustration when things aren't going their way. And I think that Coach Daniels coming back is going to help that. Uh, they're you know it, they were visibly frustrated that first half, and but. To the coaching staff's credit, they got them settled down. So I think that Ravenwood has a chance to go a long way, but they still have some work to do. And they've got two really interesting non-region opponents the next couple of weeks with Smyrna and Cane Ridge, mm-hmm. and uh, that's two of the two of the best teams in the region next to them. That's two potential playoff opponents. Right. So I, I think that's interesting that they schedule those two teams this late in the year. And depending on what happens, I I think that Ravenwood Cane Ridge game will be a, another one of those must see type of games if you're in the area. That's yeah, that's a lot of points. I would these think. last three a weeks, lot a lot of points. These yeah. last three weeks are going to be really really interesting and fun to watch, and we're certainly looking forward to all of that. Uh, but we got to get to our player of the week, and uh, there's several good candidates despite the lack of of number of games in the schedule. I do want to mention our player of the week from last week, Stratford's James Moore. Probably should be again, but he's since he's won it already, we will give it to somebody else just for the sake of giving it to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, it's only fair we did the same thing to Spencer Briggs. This is true. Yeah, uh, just to point that out. But we want to mention James Moore: thirty carries, two hundred sixty-nine yards, and four touchdowns. As Stratford beat Sycamore forty-nine to nothing. Uh, I want to throw out Logan Nardozzi from Fairview: eighteen carries, two hundred three yards, and three touchdowns. Fairview wound up winning their game over Harpeth, forty-three to seven. I'm going to throw out for the second week in a row, Kobe Ford for Trousdale County. Uh, he this time uh, he had eight carries for 138 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he was very efficient in a win over Portland. Yeah, 37-7 Trousdale County was 14 to seven Trousdale at the half in that game. Portland loses their quarterback. He does not play the second half, and Trousdale rolls after that. So. Interesting result from that one. That was one of the games we picked this week as well. Yep. Um, I'm going to throw out Quante Hicks from Clarksville. Four receptions, 127 yards, three touchdowns. Clarksville whipped Kenwood 57-7. to Well, I'm going to toss out uh, Ross Johnston, who I saw in the CPA game. Uh, Ross Johnston of Ravenwood, seven catches, 97 yards, and two touchdowns. All right. Luther Richardson, Lipscomb Academy, also on Thursday night. They beat Rossview 35-0. Richardson went 12 of 18 passing for 171 yards and four touchdowns. And we've gone a lot of offense. I'm going to go to the defensive side here. I'm going to go Latavius Fitz, uh, 16 tackles for Maplewood. Maplewood beat Coffee County 14-8, so he was obviously a key on that side of the ball. So Absolutely. you got six choices, Christian. It's the choices. It's, it's all, all yours. You. Okay, I'm going to go a team we haven't really talked about much lately, and let's go Logan Nardozzi, Fairview. I think that's some really good numbers. 18 carries, 203 yards, and three scores. That's, right. a, that's a good night. 
Yep, keep it in the backfield for another week. Uh, Logan Ardozzi from Fairview, our player of the week, with that big game over Harpeth. So Fairview gets on the board for that category. And with that, that's all the time we have for this episode. Um, like I said, we've got another one coming for you this week with a little bit more as far as this week's games are concerned. So for Christian Capozzi, for Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. We will see you next time here on the 615 Preps Podcast. See ya. Hunter. Six One Five Preps Podcast is a production of B Squared Media LLC.